Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Welcome to Made for More, the show that explores the cultural battles and spiritual warfare of this modern world, as seen through the eyes of two brother Knights of Columbus. And now, here are your hosts, Brother Michael Clay and Brother Vince Vasquez. Welcome to Made for More. My name is Vince Vasquez, and I'm here with my co-host today, Brother Michael Clett. Brother Michael, great day to you, and uh, how are you doing today? I am blessed. Um, that's my, my thing these days, is when people ask me how I'm doing, I say, I am blessed. Yes. But, you know, I do have a pet peeve. Uh-oh. So, not too long ago, baseball was on strike. Um, they're playing again. I guess that's that's good. Uh, but one of the, the deals with the negotiations to end the strike was the National League has adopted the DH rule like the American League has had for so, had for so long. And that just irks me. And I think I'm done watching baseball because I, I like the tradition of the pitcher batting. <laughs> Yeah, I felt that way back in 1989 when the American League went to the designated hitter rule. And it irked me. And I wasn't too far removed from playing baseball myself. And I just thought, you know, that that ruined it. That ruined the game. But I have always felt that since the National, the American League has had that for so long, the National League should have as well. So I'm almost embracing this change. Okay. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It, it didn't bother me in 89 when the American League did it, but it sure is bothering me when uh, the National League did it in 2022. <laughs> you know, change can be difficult. You're right about that. Change is, is um, almost always difficult. And I know um, I, I tend to be a, a curmudgeon, a stick in the mud. And, I, and I'll tell a story. Uh, back when I graduated, after I graduated college and I got my first job working in the, in the professional world, I had a, a, a boss, and one day he said something to me that was very interesting. We were having a conversation. He said, you know, Mike, I've noticed something about you. If I come into the lab and say, we're going to make this change in the layout of the lab or whatever, he said, you fight me completely. However, if I walk into the lab and I say, you know, it might be a good idea to make this change to the equipment or whatever, uh, I'll come back in a couple hours and it'll be done because you've done it. You know, that, that is kind of true. Um, when my wife wants to rearrange the furniture, um, it really annoys me um, that she wants to rearrange the furniture. I don't like change. I, I fight change almost constantly. And I must say, either my wife has given up or, or something, but she hasn't asked me to move the furniture around in a very, very long time. But, you know, I, I like it where it is. I know where it is. And, you know, at night, sometimes I'll walk around the house with the lights off. I know where the furniture is. And if you move it, I start stubbing my toe because <laughs> it's not where I remember it to be. Yeah, I, I just uh, I just let my wife tell me where things need to go. <laughs> Okay, I'm going <laughs> to... But, uh, yeah, change can be difficult. Now, I, I look at change 
with a different perspective frequently. Not all the time, but frequently. I look at change as that was God's plan or that's God's plan for now. Mm, okay. Is it not, may not be the ultimate end plan, but that's God's plan for now. Whether it be a political candidate that, you know, is or political party is in power in the United States now that wasn't before, I look at that as God's plan. Okay. And that's where we're at today. And, and I've been thinking about that lately, you know, as we're recording this and God willing, this war conflict will end over in Ukraine soon. But uh, if this war was going on in Ukraine right now, and there was a different commander in chief with the launch codes in, codes in his hand, it's probably going to be a whole different world right now. It would be a whole level, no, new level of, of tension. So I think that was God's plan. And that might have mm. been God's plan for today, for these times that we're in right now. Okay. So... You know, that that's how I embrace change. Now, not all change is easily to embrace. I had a job once when a new employee got introduced to me and says, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm going to be your new boss. I look forward to you training me. (laughs) I don't have any experience in this field, but, (laughs) and, you know, that type of change is extreme. Difficult. Yes, it is. But yes, in the is. end, I I embraced it because that was God's plan. Yeah. So you you keyed on. There was something that you you said, and I, and it kind of keyed on me. And I want to be careful and and point this out. So while we like to say that everything that is going on is God's plan, you get into the problem of why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, not too long ago, we had some some readings in church where that came up. Why does bad thing? Why do bad things happen to good people? And in this case, as part of the reading, bad things happened. Um, and back in the Jewish days, when bad things happened to a person, they just made the assumption: well, that person must be a really bad sinner. And Jesus reminded them, he explained to them that, no, um, life is uncertain. Things will happen that are beyond your control, which is why we need to always be ready to meet our maker. And just because, um, you know, you get, you know, a family gets killed in an earthquake does not mean that that family was a family of sinners. Uh, It just means that a natural calamity happened to them. Or in in the cases of wars, you know, bombs go off. Um, Unnatural calamities happen to people. And they're no more or less a sinner than the rest of us. It just happened. And so I know a lot of people struggle with, I'm a good person. I'm a good Christian. Um, Why is, you know, bad stuff happening to me? And we know that the Lord permits evil to happen. He gives us free will. He gives us free choice. So he permits things to happen. And it's not that he's causing bad things or inflicting bad things on people, um, but he lets it happen. And uh, somehow he manages to incorporate all of that into his plan. Let's get back to the DH rule. The other, one of the other things that, that I that I look favorably embrace this change is how many players it's going to extend their careers. Okay. You know, Albert Pujols might have been done. He was approaching his end of his career and the Dodgers brought him on board last year. Yep. And he played, and he was mostly a designated hitter. But if he was a regular everyday hitter, could have made a difference in you know in, in that in that yeah. team that team's year. So I embrace that from the aspect of you're also giving people 
more opportunities to swing a bat later in their career potentially. Yeah, but just as, as, as part of the nature of the game, the nature of that sport, when the pitcher is hitting, you know, it just adds complexity to the manager's job. That And I love seeing the inner workings and thinking about what I would do if I were the manager versus what the really professional paid managers, the choices they make. And so if you got you have a guy on the mound who's pitching really well, but you're behind in the score, you got men on base and he's due to bat, do you take a chance and let him bat so you can keep him pitching, or do you pull him and go to your next pitcher even though he's still throwing the, throwing the ball real well? And so that just adds a complexity to the game that, that I really appreciate, so... Yeah, I'm kind of bummed out about it. I, I used to have on my bucket list buying, probably when I retire, uh, to buy a season ticket to a baseball game and go to every home game during the year. Um, I've scratched that off my bucket list now. Um, not because I've done it, but because I don't want to do it anymore. So, <laughs> But, you know, change is a funny thing. There was uh, this past weekend, there was an event that occurred inside my head. Oh, So sitting behind me, was another brother knight of Columbus. And as our pastor likes to say, he was a mature knight. You know, I was used to him sitting behind us with his wife. And not too long ago, his wife passed away. And so he was sitting there by himself. And I looked at that. And at the time, I had my uh, arm around my wife, Anne. And I realized, you know, this gift of my wife is only for a short time period. It's only temporary. And so sitting there in mass thinking about that, I was just appreciating my wife so much more that she was still a part of my life. But I recognized that, you know, we are going to be celebrating our 37th anniversary this year. And while that may seem like a long time, it seems like but a blink of an eye. And I know in another blink of an eye, uh, one of us is no longer going to be walking on the earth. So I really only have her for a short period of time. And so just seeing that change in, in his life just gave me some insight to my life as to how I need to appreciate my wife while I have her, because I only have her as my wife for a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah that's very true. I feel, I feel the same with my wife as well. We need to treat our time with each other, with the appreciation, because there's going to be a time that one of us aren't going to be around. Yep. And let me remind our listeners that you're listening to Made for More here on Spirit Filled Media. And today we're talking about change. Brother Michael Clett has a, an issue with the, the the new policy or the new rule from the National League uh, having uh, the designated hitter. And he, uh, we, you know, we kind of stand on different sides of that point of view, and that's great. And uh, But we're talking in, in change in general and how, how, how we can learn to appreciate what we have and how we can maybe accept what uh, changes that do happen. Yeah, you know, so I, th- another thing I thought of, uh, you know, I'm reminded of a few months back was, was New Year's. And New Year's, a lot of pay- people make resolutions to make changes in their life, um, to better their life. And and uh, I have to uh, tell you that, you know, I made a resolution to, to lose 30 pounds uh, by the time we get to summer. And uh, thanks be to God, I've only got 40 pounds to go now. <laughs> Uh, or I could say I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight too, and I've lost sixty, but too bad I've gained sixty-five. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing, but there are some changes that come along that I look at and I absolutely embrace. Um, so a little over twenty-six years ago, my son was born, 
Uh, you know, the birth of a child is a big change to a family. And it was a change that uh, we spent time preparing for. I remember painting his room and, uh, you know, getting a crib for him and, and doing all this stuff to make the room ready to receive him. And in his first room, uh, one of the things that we did uh, that was a lot of fun, um, we had all of his cousins that lived nearby come by one day. So we painted his room uh, a nice pastel blue because he's a boy. But then I got paint that was red and yellow and green. And we had our his cousins, our nieces and nephews, come by. And they were varying ages. And we had them dip their hands in differing colors of paint and put handprints on the wall about three feet up. And so the, it was a, a total of about maybe 12 inches of different colored handprints of all of his cousins so that he could he could be reminded and when he you know when he got old enough that he would know what we were talking about we explained those were the handprints of your cousins and the littlest cousin I could pick up and hold and whatnot I dipped their feet into the paint and there was like one corner where uh, the wall was only about 12 inches wide and so with my wife's help we dipped the uh, the boy's feet into the paint and then I held the boy, and we had him walk up the wall by moving his feet and his ankles so that we mm-hmm. had a set of footprints walking from the floor to the ceiling. It was a really cute thing to do, but it was a big change. I mean, my wife and I went from being a married couple to being a married family. And, and I shouldn't say it that way because even a married couple is still a family, but we became a family with children and had to, had to worry about this uh, little one. Yeah, I recall our change when we, uh, you know, we adopted our children and leading up to the foster placement that was going to lead to the adoptions, we were planning on one kid and we didn't know it was going to be a boy or a girl. So we had the room already kind of gender neutral, nice little bed, dresser and all, all the all the workings ready, ready for our to welcome our new child into into our care. And uh one day we received a phone call saying, Mr. and Mrs. Vasquez, we have a placement for you, but it's a brother and a sister. And my wife and I both looked at each other and said, I said, fantastic. And uh, so we had a whole uh, two nights to prepare that one room to make mm. it a room for two. Mm. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, as you said, that change is, uh, is most welcome and so much appreciated even all these years later. Yeah. So the Lord puts changes in our lives. Yep. And, you know, some are, are great fun, joyous occasions like the arrival of a child. And some of them are, are less joyous, like the losing of a spouse, like that one night that was sitting me behind me in the pew. And oftentimes, um, as you pointed out, we have very little time to prepare mentally for that change. It just happens to us. And for me, being a, a curmudgeon, a stick in the mud, I, I think it's easier when it happens that fast because I have no choice. The change happens, and now I got to just adapt to it. It's rather like than ripping the Band-Aid off. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> do, do it quick. Yeah, exactly. Just like ripping the Band-Aid off. I was uh, reading something recently in a book called Rediscovering Jesus by Matthew Kelly. And there was a part where I learned that, uh, you know, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And then... Wait, uh, wait, they're not the 10 suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> and by the time Jesus came, some 1,600 years later, yeah. those 10 commandments had changed into 613 Jewish laws. Wow. And so Jesus is coming, coming and, and he's 
now fulfilling the word and the prophecies and he's and he's teaching and he's got to simplify all this change so simplify these these 613 rules they you know down to what god really wants yep. and uh, imagine the the jewish people now they you know jesus is teaching them and about this change, imagine the boy, no wonder they were so upset with him, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I would have been in that upset category. You know, the National League changes one rule and I'm I'm in a, off the wall. Imagine Jesus coming along and, and taking 613 rules and reducing it back down to two. You know, I can imagine me standing there, you know, talking to my uh, my friends. Who is this guy? What is he doing? You know, our religion has always been this way. Why is he changing everything? Let's get rid of them. Yeah, I I can easily see <laughs> yeah. myself in that yeah. in that point. Fortunately, I was I happened to be born Catholic. Um, not that I've been Catholic my whole life, but I was born Catholic, so I just accepted the the church's rules as they were when I came across them. Let's uh, talk about. I want to talk about one kind of change that I just cannot stand. Okay, and uh, that's when there's a question that's asked. Are you male, female, other, non-binary? You know, golly, I, I can't tell you how strongly I feel that there is a male and there is a female. Yeah, well, God made all of us as male or female. And a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people, some people, if I try to put it into what I think are okay words, make the decision that God chose their biological sex incorrectly yeah and and they want to change it or uh, they want to keep their biological sex but re- be referred to as something else and yeah i struggle with that but you know in spite of that we need to accept those people as they are we need to see christ in each of them because um, christ they are all i agree they- in the image of christ um, but yeah, it's something that I struggle with. Another thing, and this has kind of been in the news recently. So the NCAA swimming mm, finals yep. was, was won by a transgender athlete. And that's a change that I just can't fathom how it is possible for you, you, know, you to say like, okay, I'm a female now. I'm going to go compete against all these females uh, genetically. And I'm going to be, if I'm a top-notch athlete, I'm going to be stronger, faster, you know, have maybe more endurance. It is just so unfair, and it's something that I just can't fathom. Now, the governor in Florida declared that that person that came in second, that she won the race, mm. even though it wasn't even in her in his state. Yeah. But uh, that's a change that I, I would love to see go away. And again, as you said, we have to embrace the people. You know, anyone who they are, who they identify as. But speaking of identifying, we are made for more on Spirit Field <laughs> Radio. Uh, this is uh, Brother Michael Clett, and I'm here with Brother Vince Vasquez, and we're talking about change. And uh, we were just talking about embracing change and some of the things that are difficult for us to accept and change. And uh, Brother Vince was talking about the winning of a woman's uh, swim race um, that w- by a person who was biologically male but self-identifying as a female yeah no it's it's 
tough, although um, I do see people poking fun at that sort of thing as well. There was one meme I saw in social media. There was a bunch of people on a bicycle, and in front of them was a guy on a motorcycle, and the caption was, um, motorcycle sets new uh, new records by self-identifying as a bicycle. (laughs) You know, change happens. Um, Anything that is organic, anything that is alive has to change. Change is part of life. Right. We're, we're born as, as small children. We grow up into full sized adults. We go through uh, most of us go through a process of getting married and having families, although some of us stay single. And, and uh, St. Uh, Paul talks about being called to be a, a celibate single person for your entire life. And there's there's some advantages to that. So I don't want to rule those people out. But anything that's alive changes. And in fact, it, things that aren't alive also change, although they usually change a little bit slower. Right. If I put a rock outside and leave it there for a millennium, um, that rock is probably going to erode. It's going to um, weather. It's going to be different. It's going to change. Just like, uh, you know, the rocks in the in the riverbed started out way up on top of the mountain as, you know, jagged, rough. And by the time they get to the bottom, they're all polished pretty smooth. So change is inevitable. And I have noticed that, though, change is accelerating and it's a struggle to keep up. Because I can remember having conversations with my dad. And while my dad and I experienced childhood, you know, like most father-sons, 20, 25, 30 years apart, uh, when my dad talked about his childhood, I understood everything he was talking about. When he talked about his cars, I understood his cars. You know, when, when everything he talked about, I kind of understood his life. Um, there were minor differences. His TV came later in life, and when he got it, it was black and white. Uh, my TV changed from black and white to being color, um, but I could still get it. I could still understand mm-hmm. it. But I find when I talk to my son, I don't think he gets everything from my childhood. My son does not know a time where there was no internet, and I'm not sure that he even remembers a time when there was no cell phone. Yeah. So the idea of carrying a dime so you could pop it into a payphone, he, I don't get it. Why would you do that? Just pull out your phone. Why look for a phone? And so things are changing. And, and that's what I'm saying is, you know, from, from when I was born to now, it seems like it was but a blink of the eye. And I look at all the change and I look at what's coming and there's the change is getting even faster and it's getting harder and harder to try to keep yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I've, uh, I love to appreciate those times when there was so much less in the world that we, you know, we didn't have, like, as you said, the Internet having to find an answer to something was was a journey it wasn't uh, a, a few clicks on your phone or your computer it was a, it was a journey and you had to really want to know that information and, and that's something that i probably you know didn't appreciate at the time but i can appreciate that now yeah you ask, know ask your kid what they think of encyclopedia uh, encyclopedia britannica sure uh, what's that dad Sh- sure and, and, and in our household we only had about 5 so <laughs> it was usually a trip to the to library for me. And I, I actually remember calling a library and asking a question once. Wow. And I was pretty desperate for some information. The yeah. librarian, I think her name was Googie. No, maybe, <laughs> now that we got that old Google that helps us attain that information. You know, one piece of change that I don't say I, I, I disagreed with, I guess it, it left me questioning. And that was when some of the verbiage in the mass changed. 
Yeah, that was uh, that was a struggle. Yeah, when you know when we, we don't say peace be with you and also with you now anymore, and it's like why? But we've always said that. I think yeah. that's perfectly fine. And you know, and and I remember thinking. And with your spirit, why don't we say with him? Because him encompasses his spirit. And yeah, there's that type of change that like I like, you know, when I said earlier, I embrace change and I accept it as God's plan. Uh, but there's sometimes, a, ooh, it's just like, I just. Yeah. No, that was an interesting one. I remember a lot of the discussion back then. And, and two things that I remember is one, it was only the English speaking masses where we said, and also with you. Now, I don't know no mass in other languages, but I was told all the other languages say already say, and with your spirit, it was only the English language masses that were true. not That's very true. following. And then there was another thing that, that I remember hearing, and let's see if I can put this together right, but it was um, a, a hypothetical discussion where this, this kid comes in and complaining, saying, oh, my mom is being a pain. She said, I can't come over to your house and play until I clean my room. And then the question was, is that literally what your mother said, or are you paraphrasing? Now, a kid said, well, what my mom actually said was that my room was a mess, and I needed to clean it before I could do anything else. That was the, the number one priority, was cleaning my room, was what she actually said. And so some of the changes to the mass were kind of like that. They were changing the word to be more in line with what was actually said, what was actually written, as opposed to the way it had been paraphrased when they put the liturgy together. So there were some things that, that we changed just to be more literal, to be more specific, to be more in line with, with uh, Christ and his teaching. Getting back to your, as we're getting close to the end of the show here, getting back to the top of your topic on, about the DH rule. I want to tell you here in the year, well, I'm going to say it's 2022, Baseball season's about ready to start. As a Dodger fan, batters one through nine are going to be a force to be reckoned with as long as they stay healthy. So I think that might be another reason why I'm embracing this change of the DH rule. Yeah, well, we'll see how it plays out. But right now I'm thinking I'm not going to bother following baseball this year. And baseball was always my favorite sport. I've always liked baseball um, because every pitch is a new game. Every pitch is a new strategy of trying to plan what you want your team to do. And so to play it pitch by pitch um, was always intriguing to me, and I, I love doing that. But um, I'm not planning on following baseball, and I'm trying to ignore the uh, sports on the news when I catch the news just because, you know, and, and there's other sports I could go in to. Um, NASCAR is bothering me now baseball's bothering me uh you know pretty soon i'm i'm just gonna leave leave the tv off i think you're gonna be that old guy on the front lawn pretty soon so stay, stay off, off my, my grass <laughs> <laughs> well everyone that brings us to just about the end of our show here and uh brother michael thank you for this great conversation we had today and we'd like to thank you for listening to uh made for more here on spirit filled media and uh, in case uh, you want to join the knights of columbus as always it's www.kfc.org forward slash join us and uh, at least uh, until the end of june 2022 if you use the code mcgivney 2020 um, you'll get a free year's membership with the knights of columbus Listening to the Spirit Filled Radio Network. Tell a friend. No, tell 10 friends.
If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.